You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Patch Tuesday overviews, industrial Internet of Things issues, air gaps and fans meters, pay card breaches, Bay Dynamics gets $27 million in Series B funding, markets process Imperva's disappointing results, Swift turns to BAE for cybersecurity, and Pokemon Go gets some fixes, but trainers choose well. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, July 13th, 2016. Yesterday was Patch Tuesday, and the customary set of fixes emerged from the big fish in Redmond and some of its smaller yet still significant pilot fish. Sysadmins should be busy this week and next. As we all know, but still need to be reminded, patch management is one of the best security best practices. Microsoft issues fixes for 11 bugs, six of them critical, that address more than 40 flaws. Connoisseurs of Patch Tuesdays consider this a relatively light load. Fifteen of the bugs fixed were in Internet Explorer, 13 in its successor browser Edge. One set of patches closed a printer vulnerability, Vectra Threat Labs discovered. If left unpatched, these flaws could exploit networked printers to install malicious drivers. Other patches address ways in which attackers could have bypassed some office security features and close off ways in which malicious documents could be created to serve as vectors for malware infection. Adobe patched as well, plugging some 50 holes in its widely used and oft-exploited Flash Player browser plugin and in the popular Adobe Reader. Open-source content management system Drupal was a little late to the party, but was a most welcome arrival this morning with fixes to critical remote control execution vulnerabilities in some contributed modules. The SANS Internet Storm Center reports that Drupal Core is not affected. Google and Niantic continue to grapple with some of the security issues raised by their wildly popular Pokemon Go. Niantic has now limited the permissions the game asks for to know who you are on Google and view your email address. Formerly, the game had automatically scooped up permissions to access essentially all things Google about its players, Gmail, Google Docs, etc. Other issues, including the possibility of the game's locking iOS users out of their Google accounts, remain to be addressed. The augmented reality game has drawn other attention. For one thing, as Motherboard puts it, Pokemon Go's endgame is, quote, to get you to walk into Chipotle, end quote. This seems a reasonable enough business model, and no more nefarious than many other forms of advertising. But the geocaching in the augmented reality system has its dangerous and unseemly aspects, too. Reports persist of inattentive players being led into risky neighborhoods and even ambush muggings. And it's sad to report in Greater Washington, D.C., both the Holocaust Memorial and Arlington National Cemetery have had to ask players not to pursue virtual Pokemon in what ought to be recognized as sacred spaces. So players, update your games and enjoy them, but remember that while Charmander might be a virtual being, you remain an embodied one. 
Turning to the Internet of Things, especially its industrial control system precincts, the energy sector cyber recon tool Sentinel-1, found associated on the dark web with the FURTIM campaign, continues to look like the work of a state security service. The malware seems tailored to specific European energy companies, but utilities worldwide are taking note of their vulnerability to cyber threats. Both the U.S. House and the Senate are looking into critical infrastructure protection this week. We heard from Ray Rothrock, CEO of Red Seal, about the regulatory issues involved. He thinks the payment card industry might provide a cautionary example. Quote, critical infrastructure organizations need to act immediately. End quote. Warning that compliance with sound standards is central to protecting the people from attacks. He calls for upgraded network models, automated analysis and auditing, and alignment with industry best practices. He also counsels against delay. Quote, delays rarely result in what the various parties hope, as demonstrated by previous delays in the payment card industrial data security standard. However, I hope the extra time means compliance and resilience are on the horizon. End quote. Booz Allen recently published an industrial cybersecurity threat briefing. We spoke with Scott Stables, the chief technologist for industrial cybersecurity at Booz Allen, about the report. The type of attack and perhaps the motivation behind the attack is changing. So we've seen less uh, interest in, you know, oil and gas utilities and a change towards what I would call manufacturing or, you know, high-tech manufacturing, critical manufacturing. And, And that could potentially be due to, uh, you know, interest in alternative motivations for attack. So perhaps less of the nation state and perhaps more of the organized criminal elements are looking towards making uh, money out of uh, conducting attacks against, uh, you know, manufacturers of, uh, of equipment, product, and so on. Scott Stables says the report reveals a troubling combination of vulnerability and high stakes. You know, right now there's this uh, a general unpreparedness, I think, from the operational technology support organizations to secure and lock these things down. They may not understand the vulnerabilities or the threats associated with the equipment. The other part, I think, is that, you know, the consequence of failure of some of this, you know, these components of our critical infrastructure is measured in a different way. You know, if you bring down an IT system, you may cause some, you know, financial loss. But if you bring down an OT system, you could cause, you know, some issue that results in, you know, a cataclysm and, a, you know, an event at a refinery, uh, an outage in one of the hottest days of the year, for example, that could, could cause some significant impacts to, to large amounts of people. In Booz Allen's report, one-third of operators reported some kind of breach in 2015. Stables says the motivations of these attackers varies. If you look at the nation states, for example, we kind of characterize them in, in, in two buckets. Ones that are getting in, um, establishing some kind of persistent presence there, access and, and doing reconnaissance and, and essentially doing nothing else, just waiting potentially for, for who knows what, but, but just waiting. Um, there are others who are, are going in there very directly and causing, you know, some kind of disruption or impact. And, uh, you know, if you look at the Ukraine example, that is, uh, that's exactly what happened there. So depending on who you are, you have a different motivation. It's, it's all driven geopolitically. Some of it may be driven by, you know, espionage or potentially looking at uh, getting inside a network for theft of IP, for example. Um, the report talks about the motivations for three or four different nation states in that respect. I asked Scott Stables what in the report he found most surprising. You have a fairly simple environment 
there's an awful lot that you can do in terms of basic things like cyber hygiene, like network segmentation, like understanding what you have in the network, for example. You know, what devices do you have there? When was the last time you did an inventory? And, you know, I believe that that many of the, the root causes and, and, you know, 88%, I think, of the incidents initiated on the enterprise network, many of these could have been avoided if, if you implemented some, some basic uh, basic kind of approaches to, to, to cybersecurity. And I think what's driving that, maybe it is some of this, this operational uh, technology versus IT, um, you know, lack of integration, you know, discussion, cooperation in, in the firms. Uh, maybe it's not. I, I think you need to, as an organization, implement better interaction between these types of the organizations to get on the same page and do the basics. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. You can download a copy of Booz Allen's Industrial Cybersecurity Threat Briefing on their website. Returning to payment card standards and the related issues of of point-of-sale security, Tripwire's Tim Erlin, Director of IT Security and Risk Strategy, commented on the recently reported breach at Omni Hotels. Quote, the bright spot in this breach appears to be that Omni Hotels detected the activity themselves. Many breaches in the past have been detected not by the compromised business, but by third parties noticing fraudulent activity. Security professionals at retailers should use this incident to drive a review of the controls on their own point-of-sale systems. End quote. On the ransomware front, Heimdall warns us here in Midgard that there's a new cheap and nasty out there to be on the guard against. It's called Stampado, and this strain of ransomware is noteworthy because it doesn't need administrator access to operate. ThreatTrack published a detailed report on Cerbear, recently active against Office 365 users, and Kaspersky reiterates warnings against Satana. Trend Micro has opened up a ransomware hotline for victims, and it's offering a set of recovery tools as well. In the U.S., the Office of Civil Rights of the Department of Health and Human Services releases new HIPAA guidance suggesting that healthcare providers hit by ransomware may face penalties. In industry news, Bay Dynamics picks up $27 million in Series B funding. The stock market is processing Imperva's disappointing results, and the international funds transfer organization SWIFT engages BAE to help it with cybersecurity. Finally, Pokemon Go has reached Germany. NG Data has seven security tips for players everywhere. Install the game only from a trusted source, use security software on your device, watch the permissions you give the game, be aware of your surroundings when you play, think before you chase, remember to guard your privacy, and avoid in-game cost traps. So trainers, if you're in, say, Hessen, and you chase your Pokemoner through the streets of Hanau, past Schloss Philipsruhe, and around the statue of the Brothers Grimm, we say, viel Spaß. Aber sei doch vorsichtig, Jungs. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI... The best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. 
Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And joining me once again is Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland and also director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center. Uh, Jonathan, you know, it's commonly believed that uh, one of the best ways to protect a computer is to air gap it, to have it not be connected to anything else. Uh, but some researchers have come up with a clever way to, uh, to get around that. Uh, what are we talking about here? Yeah, there's some really interesting work uh, out of Ben-Gurion University in Israel where the researchers show that uh, even an air-gapped computer can still be used to transmit information to uh, an attacker. So this would be provide an attacker with a way to uh, extract potential information uh, from the computer, even if it's not connected to the Internet. And what were they doing? What was the, the clever workaround they discovered? Well, what they did was they uh, used a physical channel, a physical uh, channel for the communication between the computer and the uh, and the attacker. So think about... Um, if you have malware sitting on the machine, uh, what they had the malware do was actually affect the uh, CPU load on the computer, which would in turn affect the speed of the fan that's used to cool the CPU. And that speed, that change in the rotational speed of the fan could then be picked up by an attacker, say, who had a microphone planted nearby. So uh, by changing the, the speed, the, the device can, can pick it up and then what, they can vary the speed and basically have some sort of uh, binary communications with the, the external device? Yeah, exactly. So really what this shows is just that there's all kinds of ways to uh, communicate and anything, and anything at all can be used as a potential communication channel. It's another example of what we might call uh, a side channel attack. And so rather than uh, just relying on the network, uh, they've here shown how to use uh, the sound being emitted by the fan as a change of speed. Uh, as a communication channel. And I think there's been earlier work by the same team that's uh, shown how to use the temperature changes uh, that are induced by the uh, by, by the rate of CPU consumption uh, of another communication channel. So it really just shows that the, uh, the hackers or the attackers are always thinking and coming up with new ways to get around uh, existing security uh, protections. All right, Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. 
Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.